walking and talking like we believe that he is greater. Amen. The word says, greater is he than in me than he who is in the world. So you can't let, the enemy can't come and take what you have. Do you know that? He really can't. You can give it to him, but he can't come and get it because he's, listen, the spirit of God is in us. We are God's property. We belong to him. And the enemy has no access that we don't give him access to. Amen. And I hear so many people that walk around and they walk around in defeat and they walk around in fear. And I, all I, I never hear how great things are or how great God is doing. It's always, well, you know, it's rough. Well, I want to tell you something. We need to speak the right things. We need to begin to act upon what we hear and act upon what God's Word says. And we need to be, it needs to be a part of us and it needs to be in our heart. Amen? Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. So I want us to sing that, that, that chorus again. The enemy can't take what I have. And I want you to, to, to sing it like you really believe it. With everything that's in you. Because the enemy is going to take whatever you let him take. We got to learn, hey, you ain't getting my stuff, buddy. You're not getting my salvation. You can't get my salvation. You can't get me unless I give you ground. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. realize that we can live a victorious life. We don't have to walk in defeat all the time. We don't have to be downtrodden all the time. Because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. In Jesus' name we praise you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, as we Think about what, God, what Jesus has done for us. If we, we walk around always defeated, then, you know, we're just kind of tarnishing what he did. Because defeat is destructive. Defeat is destructive in, in, in our lives. And you say, well, I'll run in, you're going to run into stuff, but you got to live victorious. And realize who Christ is in you. Because if you remain in defeat, it'll destroy your faith. It'll destroy your testimony. It'll destroy everything. But we're to rise up in the middle of the enemy's attacks. And rise above that. Amen? Rise above that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 4 says, For every child of God defeats this evil world. Anybody say amen to that? And we achieve this victory through our faith. You know, some people say, well, I don't, I don't know if I believe that. Well, then it's what God's Word says. 
And I think there are a lot of people, I don't I'm going somewhere I wasn't planning on going, but I think a lot of people enjoy being in defeat. Woe is me. I don't enjoy that. And I want to tell you, you say, well, you know, you, nothing ever happens. You just don't, just follow me around. The enemy tries to steal your joy, right? I had to tell the enemy this morning, you can't take what I have. Amen? You can't take this microphone over either. In Jesus' name. <laughs> and it says, and we achieve this victory through what? Our faith. Our faith in him. And in the, the Passion Translation, it says, you see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. Yes, we live in the world, but the Word says we are not of the world. We don't have to be downtrodden. We don't have to walk around like that. Amen? Praise the Lord. So I, I'm going to give you some things that, that are... are Essential to walk in a victorious life. Amen? You got to think victorious. You know, in Romans 12, 2, what does it say? To change the way you think, basically. Right? Can't be controlled by it. Well, we need to change the way we think. And we do that how? By studying and reading God's Word. Because, see, Jesus said, in John 10, 10, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. He's the killer, he's the stealer, and he's the destroyer. And that's his, what he does. And that's what he's here for, and that's what he wants to do. You know what? No matter what happens, he can't steal my joy. That's a part of walking in victory. Amen? Why you look so happy? Look what just happened. Because my, my joy is not in what happens in this world, what doesn't happen. I came that they might have life and enjoy life, this is the Amplified, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's what abundant life is all about. And in the Passion, it says, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal. He wants to slaughter. And he wants to destroy. And if you get that in your, your mind, and you're like, well, he, he can steal, he can destroy, he can slaughter, then you'll live in defeat. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness, until you what? Overflow. See, when we begin to overflow with the life of God, with the power of God, with the joy of God, then we begin to affect those around us. You're going to affect them one way or the other, right? You're going to affect them. Um, if, you're, if you walk around defeated and feel like you're defeated, and you're going to affect people around you because they're going to feel, well, that's what it's like to live for God. It's just, let's be that way. Or you're going to be mediocre, and they're going to, everybody around you will be, have mediocrity. Or... You can walk in victory and show people that no matter what happens, I have victory. No matter what happens, I'm walking in victory. And I have fullness, and it's going to overflow out of me, and it's going to touch the people around me. Amen? We have got to get this concept in our heart. I want to tell you, the enemy... It, it, Nothing that you start to do for God, well, he, he's going to try his best to get you to stop. Amen? And, and it's, sometimes it's not even physical stuff that comes against you. It's, it, most time it's mental. Right? And for some reason this morning, I was just going through this thing. The enemy was like, nobody's going to like this. And, and then, you know what? I, I, and this is, I, I was like, you know what? If it's God's Word... Whether they like it or not, I got to speak it. Amen? Whether they like it or not, I got to speak it. I like it. I love God's Word. Amen? I love the fact that I can be victorious through every situation. 
So we got to think victorious. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 in the Passion says, But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, or the Messiah. Thank God for giving us victory as conquerors. You know, we um, have to allow the Spirit of God through the Word to change how we think. So, listen to this statement. If you're defeated in your thought life with negative thoughts of failure, then you'll never win. If a football team, if they, everybody on that team is like, we can't never win, we ain't never going to win, guess what? They ain't never going to win. But if they begin to, no matter how good or how bad, if they begin to believe in the fact that they can win, they're going to win some games. And you know what? We win no matter what happens. We win. Amen? We win. So we need to grasp hold of what God's Word says, and we need to walk in victory. And another way we do that is through hope. And that's hope in Christ. See, if you put your mind in hope, and I'm talking about true hope, not, well, I hope so. That's not hope. That's like maybe. Right? Might as well say, I, I think it might work. Well, God's word works. And if you put your mind into victory and hope, you will win. You'll come out on the winning side. You know, it's, it's such a, a great thing to know in, in Christ, we as Christians, just think about it. We can't lose. Because when this body's gone, we still win. We win better than it was before, amen? We always win. I serve God, and I serve on a winning team. hope. Romans 15, 13, and I'm reading out the Passion again. It says, now may, may, God, may God, the fountain of hope, well, hold on a second there. If he's the fountain of hope, where do we need to be pulling our hope from? God. Not things, not what we have or what we don't have, not on our jobs, not on if I make this right decision, I hope it's going to be right. No, our hope is in God. And we, if we will renew our minds, you know what? He'll tell us what to do when we need to do it in our jobs and everywhere else. And he'll lead us and guide us. And we won't be believing in a false hope or we won't believe it in the talents that we have. We'll believe it in him to enhance the talents we have or give us the wisdom we need when we need it. A lot of times what we do is we, we, we rely on our own wisdom or on the wisdom of the world you know, how many times have you had to, to go, you know, us guys are big on, let's put this thing together before we read any instructions. And then we go, what do we do with those instructions? Well, see, the Word of God is our instruction. And we don't need to put anything together without Him. And then there are times when I, I've, in, in the jobs I've had, all my life, I've come to a place of like, I don't know what to do. And I said, Lord, you got to show me. And I mean, there's times when it was just like that, like troubleshooting HVA system. And I was like, I looked at everything else but that thing. And I said, Lord, you've got to show me. And I should have done that <laughs> to start with. And then boom, he said, look, look at this wire right here. And I would, and I was like, that was it. Now, may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing and uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you what? Trust in him. So when we trust in God, we trust in Jesus, we trust in the spirit, we trust in his word, it says we will have overflowing and uncontainable joy. How many want that? How many may be walking in that? 
uncontainable joy. You know, and sometimes it aggravates people when you're full of uncontainable joy. When you're full of the joy of the Lord. Some people don't like it because they don't have it. And why do you want to be so happy? I've had people ask, why are you so happy? Because my hope is not in this world. My hope is not in that thing that I thought would um, bring me to the next level. It's only in him, in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And perfect peace, joy and peace, that's two great things to have, right? As you trust in him. Perfect peace. Joy, uncontainable joy, and perfect peace. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. So here's another section. We only have uncontainable joy. We not only have peace beyond measure, I would say, and, but we also radiate with hope. Don't you like to be around somebody that radiates with hope? When you walk up, there, there's hope in their life and not well, I just don't know. And you don't like being around people who have what I call the Eeyore syndrome. If you ever watched Winnie the Pooh, you know what I'm talking about. Eeyore was always, I don't know. And Psalm 71, 14 says, But I will continually hope and will praise you yet more. See, our God is a God of hope. He's not a God of defeat. He's not a God of pessimism. He's not a God of disillusion. He gives us hope beyond measure. He gives us hope, and, he, and we have the blessed assurance of him. Continually. Psalms 98, 1 says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy army have gained him the victory. I want to say something about David is David had his times, but he always turned back to what? Praising the Lord, giving him glory. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. So you have a choice in life. You can live in doom and gloom or you can live your life surrendered in hope. You know, we can't blame it on anybody. It's our choice. We make our own decisions. And you know what? Doom, gloom, Breeds, it breeds failure. If you walk around in, in doom and gloom all the time, it's, it's going it's to be very hard for you to win. Because you, you, lose th you lose confidence. You lose hope. You lose peace. You lose joy. You know, you know people that walk around that way, what does it mean? Nothing ever goes right for me. Nothing ever goes wrong, right, my way. But you want to be around. I want to say also, surround your, yourself with people of hope, that have hope too, that have hope in God, that know the Word, that know how to speak the Word. Surround your, surround, bring that kind of people around you, and it's going to build you up. You're going to build each other up. It's called fellowship. <laughs> Amen? So, so what do you think about? What, what, what do you want in your life? How do you perceive people? Do you want to be around the doom and gloomer or do you want to be around somebody that has hope? You know, they used to call them, people had pity parties. Right? They'd sit around and talk about it and then somebody else come in and that's all they talked about. So another thing you have to do, you don't focus on your problems. Well, you don't understand. I got a lot of problems going on in my life right now. Don't focus on 
what the enemy's attacking you with. Don't focus on those problems. You know what? I will say this too. We focus on the problems so we can figure out how to solve them. Let him solve them. Put it, give them to him. Get his wisdom, his guidance. Psalms 42, 5 says, So then, my soul, why would you be so depressed? Why would you sink into despair? Just keep hoping and waiting on God, your Savior. For no matter what, I will still sing with praise. You are my saving grace. So then, my soul, why would you be depressed? He's, David's asking, why, why do you want to be depressed? Why do you want to sink in despair? Just keep hoping and waiting on God, your Savior. For no matter what, sing his praises. I want to praise you, Lord, because you are my saving grace. You are my hope. So the other part of that is praise. Learning to live in praise is essential to living a victorious life. Learning to live, learning to praise God, and learning to live in praise. You know what you ought to be able to do instead of getting down is when something happens, start praising God. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, and start singing. The enemy can't take what I have because I belong to you. Enemy can't take what I have. And look, look at David's life. David had failures, he had bumps, he had trials, he had difficulties. But you know what? He learned how to have hope and how to live in praise. He'd go through all these things and then he would start praising God. He would live, go through this, he would start praising God. And I want to say something. You'll go through less things if you start listening to God and you start beginning to do. We have something as Christians, that nobody in the Old Testament had. And that's the Spirit of God living in us 24-7. In the Old Testament, the Spirit would come on somebody and he'd leave. Well, when Jesus came, he said, I'm going to leave you somebody. I'm going to leave you the Spirit. And the Spirit's going to live with you all the time. Could you imagine what would happen to some of these guys in the Old Testament had the Spirit of God lived in them all the time? They did great mighty things without that. But if they'd have had the Spirit of God living in them, they, they would have been, they, they probably, if they could look at us, and I don't know that they do or not, people say people look from heaven. I don't know what they're doing. But I know one thing. If they could look at some of us and go, what is wrong with you? You got the Spirit of God in you 24-7. We only got it a few times. What is wrong with you? Why are you living the way you do? Why are you talking the way you do? Why are you living in defeat? <laughs> I want to live in hope, and I want to live in praise. And I want to be, you know, that's why it's good to have good fellowship with believers that believe what God's Word says. Is so if I begin to start stuttering, if I begin to say, well, what you talking about, buddy? Step up. You don't need to be talking like that. You need to be worshiping God and praising him, and he will bring you the victory that you need in that situation. So we need to learn to praise God. You know, when I learned, before I accepted Christ, my outlook on life was terrible. I had no um, vision. Somebody, what you going to do? I don't know. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to do this. I didn't care what kind of job I had just so I had enough job to make a little bit of money and keep my Chevelle going and keep, you know what I'm saying? And when I met Jesus, that all changed. I mean, my life changed 180 degrees. Boom. I went the other way. And God began to show me things, and God began to bless me, and God began to use talent, began to give me the, the, the power to use the talents I had. The enemy wanted to take my talents and put them for his use. But Jesus took that over. 
Because praise does certain things to us. You remember... um, How many times in the Word talks about praise going out before the battle? <laughs> praise went out before the battle. Gideon. Wow. God took all the people he thought could, he could use and say, you don't need all those dudes. You just need these few people right here. Well, what am I going to do with that? Look at all those enemy. And then he told him what to do. And they started singing God's praise. And it scared the enemy Do, so praise, praise builds up your courage. Praise will build up the courage for you to fight the enemy. And you know what? Not only that, but you need to tell the enemy where to go, where to get off, to get out of your way. And I want to tell you, if you believe that, 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 that God wants to hurt you, you're in trouble. God wants you hurt so you can minister to somebody. I don't believe that. I I met a guy one time. I had a Christian bookstore back in the 70s. And this guy wrote a book, God's Blessings in Sickness. And he he told how many times he'd been in the hospital and that God had made him sick so that he could go minister to people. Why couldn't he go minister to them without being sick? You could go to the hospital then and talk to anybody and pray for them. And some of you don't throw anything if you don't believe that. But I believe that God, wow. So I want to talk about Paul a minute. Acts 16, 25 through 26. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. So you know how they got in this place. They were preaching the word, and they told them to stop, and they wouldn't do it. So they began, they beat them. Beat them and threw them in prison, put them in shackles where they couldn't go anywhere. So what would we have done? So Paul and Silas didn't get in that situation. Well, we're going to die right here tonight. We're locked up in all this stuff, and it's so bad. And uh, we need to call somebody. Get, on, get your cell phone out, Silas, and call somebody and just have them to feel bad for us. No. What did they do? It says they began to pray and sing praises to God. You know, I, I, they begin to sing praises to God. They begin to sing hymns to God. And not only did it Changed them. What did it do? It said the prisoners around them were listening. They're like, what in the world? These guys are in maximum security. We're sitting over here not. But listen to these guys. And God began to minister to them. And then it says, suddenly there was a massive earthquake. I like the way this puts it. And the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. Not just Paul and Silas, but everybody in that prison. Because they were willing to sing out loud to God, evidently, and sing praises to God, and everybody in that prison heard it, and everybody, I don't know if they joined in or not, but I'm sure they did after the shackles came off. But it released everybody. You know, we can release people around us if we would sing praises, if we would release the Word of God in, our, in the midst of everybody around us, it'll begin to take their shackles off. And we know the rest of the story. I won't read all that, but we know how that the jailkeeper was afraid that everybody escaped, but nobody had left. And they, he and his family took care of their wounds, and they told him that his whole family would be He got saved, and that their whole family would be saved because of that. Whole household, whoever was in the house. So think about what can happen if you would react the way God would have you to react, the way the Word says to react, the way Paul and Silas react. Well, I'm not Paul and Silas. I know you're not, but you know what? You got more than what they had. 
Because you got Jesus all the time. Back then, God could, wasn't omni, he was omnipresent, but he wasn't in everybody everywhere all the time. But whenever Jesus left, he left the, the comforter. He said he's going to be with you all the time. So the Spirit of God is with all of us all the time. We don't have to wait on him to come. You know, sometimes we get messed up in our theologies and in some of our stuff, and we say, oh, Lord, come. He's already here. <laughs> Amen. He's already here. The presence of God lives inside of me. When we come together, that's when the presence of God shows up because he's already in us. We don't have to sing it down. Right? We don't have to pray it down. It's in us. But when we come together, the intensity of it is more because there's more of us. Wow, thank you, Lord. I'm just going all kind of places today. But I want to go where God says to go. I want you to get excited about being a Christian. I want you to get excited about being in this earth and being able to walk the walk that he's called us to walk. Not just talk it, but walk it. You know, you ever seen somebody that, that couldn't talk and walk at the same time? We need to learn to talk and walk at the same time. Somebody said, that's kind of hard. So, Basically, you got to do like Paul and Silas. You got to get your eyes off of the circumstances. Because most circumstances ain't too good a lot of times, right? I don't know how to tell you this without getting in trouble. Um, say you're driving down the road a little bit more than the speed limit. Maybe you're driving a race car. Let's put it that way. The circumstances might not look too good around you. But if you don't focus on that and you focus on your driving and you focus on where you're going, you can go through all kinds. Do you know that race car drivers, when there's an accident, they don't usually stop. They, now they got people speaking in their ears. Well, we got Jesus speaking in our ears. And they... He says, go ahead, and they go through. They don't see anything, but they, and they bypass all the wreck around them. See, Paul and Silas didn't focus on what had happened to them. They didn't focus on the fact that they were probably hurting. They had been beaten and everything else. They had probably had a lot of pain going on. They didn't focus on the circumstances or their situation. You ever been in a situation? One thing I remember about, um, what's that movie? Um, it's a Christmas movie, The Christmas Carol. And what's the name? Scrooge. Ebenezer Scrooge says to the little guy working for him, I forget his name. He says, you better... You're going to lose your situation when he wanted him to do something. Well, there's a lot of situations we want to lose, right? But there's some situations we don't, and that's our, our, our walking Jesus Christ. So what do you focus on when you get to a hard situation or bad circumstances? Are you focusing on that circumstance? Because surely that's what you'll be drawn to, and surely that's where you'll go, and you'll be in it longer than you should have. But if you did like Paul and Silas, and you focused on Jesus, and you begin to praise him, and you begin to give him thanks, you'll see deliverance a lot quicker than if you focus on the circumstance. Amen? Amen. And there's another place where I want to talk about in John 5, 8, 9. It says, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. And I want to say something about it. In the beginning, when Jesus came, the man was focusing on what? Circumstances. I've been sitting by this pool for years and years and years, and there's nobody will pick me up and put me in the water because when the angel comes and moves the water, people are healed, but I can't get there. And, and I kind of think he was like, what do you think you're going to do for me? But 
But you know what? When Jesus told him to pick his mat up and walk, he, th- at that point he took his <coughs> he took his eyes off of the circumstances and he put his eyes on Jesus. And guess what he did? He took up his mat and he began to walk and he was healed. We got to learn to do that. We got to learn to do that. And you know, recently I started to leave this little part of the verse off, and I may have on this thing. I don't remember. But I decided I, I wanted to. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath. Well, guess what? Had Jesus focused on the fact it's the Sabbath, and you know, we're not allowed to do this kind of stuff on the Sabbath, he would have never done it. But he did, that didn't matter to him. He did what God said to do, he did what he knew his purpose was here on earth. And another part is you must never accept defeat. What do you mean? Too many Christians come under attack and they give up. Oh, well, I guess I'm not supposed to do this because it ain't going right. That don't mean anything. If, that had, if I had that attitude, I would not be standing here today because I've had a lot of things happen that would make me think, well, what am I, why should I even bother that? Why should I keep going forward? You know what happens a lot of times is people come to that, they just want to sit down and just don't move. They get tired. They get tired of going. People that run marathons, they get tired, but they don't stop. If they do, then they're defeated immediately. But those who run the course win because they get to the, the end. You know what? Another, I think a lot of people, they think, well, you know what? This is happening. If I just kind of like don't do anything, if I just sit here, then maybe the devil won't notice me. And he'll leave me alone. Wrong. That's when you start being defeated because he's got you where he wants you. And he's not going to stop. He's not going to stop pounding on you. He's not going to stop hitting on you. He's not going to stop, period. So don't live in defeat and start doing something. When things happen, start doing something. Start, start speaking God's word. Start getting up and doing some stuff. Don't stop. Acts 16, 23 through 26. After they were severely beaten, and this is Paul and Silas, read that first part. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them securely. So the jailer placed them in the innermost cell of the prison, and their feet bound in chains. So this is what happened to them. But Paul and Silas, I wanted to read it in this translation so you could hear this word here. Undaunted, prayed in the middle of the night and sang songs of praise to God while all the other prisoners listened to their worship. Suddenly a great earthquake quake shook the foundations of the prison. All at once every prison door flung open and the chains of all the prisoners came loose. <laughs> that word undaunted means courageously resolute, especially in the face of danger or difficulty, not discouraged I don't care what happens I'm not going to get discouraged I'm not going to get defeated Paul and Silas didn't (laughs) they were totally undaunted they were totally like you know what and I'll say this the more that you do that and the more that you learn to do that the more that these things won't pull you down because you have experience in the past. This is what happened when we praised God. You know, Paul could tell Silas, Silas, you remember back when we got in that prison? You know what happened when we started praying? Let's start praising God right now. We're not letting this get us down. And see, if you don't have those experiences, you won't have anything to look back on. <laughs> so praise not only gives, builds our courage, it builds our faith and our trust in God. Praise puts our faith into action. Praise is a way to actuate your faith. Praising God 
Put your faith in action. <laughs> Look at it like this. When you praise then God in the midst of whatever the situation is or trial, it's like saying, God, you're the source of my strength. I don't care what happens. I don't care how hard, hard the wind blows. My trust is in you and you alone. And when you do that, you can't be defeated. You just can't be defeated. So we got to remember this. First of all, God is capable. Do you know that? Whatever we imagine God can do, he can do. He's capable, right? God is capable. God is not lacking anything. God is strong. This is a big problem, especially today with all the intelligence, they call it, that goes around, is so many people have shrunk who God is down to their level of understanding. So where's your level of understanding? Do you understand who God is? Do you understand who he really is? Are you bringing him down to your intelligence? That's why some people live like they don't believe there is a God because they brought him down to their intelligence, their level. We need to be getting up towards his level. So God is capable. Amen? So if God is capable, we need to be what? Available. So it's just as important that we realize God's capability, but we got to be available to do whatever he asks us to do. God uses people who are available and who are ready. Right? He can't use you if you're not available. You know what? Because he put this will inside of us, and he doesn't, he doesn't go past that will. He puts it out there for us. This is what you need to do, but it's up to you to do it. It's up to you to let his will be done in your life. We can say that prayer all we want to. Thy will be done. But if you don't let him, if you're not available for him to move, then he won't. So what you need to do, you need to set your mind to thinking victory, not defeat. A lot of people have defeat, but a lot of Christians have defeat because they can't see the possibility of who God is. They don't think he can work in this situation. This is just a little too hard. I don't think God can do this. Well, if you think that, you're already defeated. I believe my God can do anything. And anything that, it, that he tells me to do, and I know it's him, and it lines up with his word, he can do it. I don't know how big, care how big it is. You know what? God has done my, one of the things I, I, from early age, I didn't like heights. But you know what? I can climb up a ladder now. Ask Robert and Darren. I don't do too bad on a ladder now, right? Even a 12-foot ladder. I remember the day when a 6-foot ladder, I could get halfway and I was done. But the more I had to work in construction, I had to learn, you got to climb a ladder, buddy. You know what I got to the point when I was wiring houses? That I needed to move from here to there and I didn't want to get down and move that ladder. So I'd grab two um, ceiling joists, grab that ladder in my feet and hop it over here and put it back and go. That was a long way, baby, from what I used to be. But you know, I had to believe that I could do it. I had to believe that, and, and I prayed all the I was a Christian. I prayed all the I said, Lord, you got to give me the strength to do this because I don't want to go up that ladder. I went to work for um, University of South Carolina, and they wanted me to, I had, they said, you got to go change the lights in the racquetball court. Do you know how tall a racquetball court thing is? It's like 20-something feet. And they had a, like, we got one here. If anybody wants to ever climb it, we'll let you. A-frame ladder with the thing up the middle. I had to get up on that and wrap my feet around it and change those light fixtures. That was a challenge. I did it, and I prayed that those bulbs would never go out again while I was working there. But I did it. 
See, the reason people can't see the possibilities of God is because they're not following his formula for victory. They're not doing what Paul and Silas did. They're not following what his word says. They don't believe God can really do what he says he'll do. And they, don't, they, all, they refuse to be available. I am not doing that, Lord. That's just way beyond who I am. Who you tell God what's beyond who you are. He'll not ask you anything to do anything that he won't equip you to do it if you allow him to. We've got to be obedient. So don't focus on the problems. Focus on the promises or what his word says. When you change from the problem to the promises, you begin to see the light. You begin to see the victory. So do something. Get up and get moving. You're not going to get anything done sitting around. Listen, this is about a, and I think I had heard this before, but okay, it was the middle of a football high school game, and the home team was losing. And they could, it seemed that they couldn't do anything. And one of the fans yelled out and said, put Johnson in. And the coach yelled back, Johnson is in. And the fan yelled again, well, take Johnson out. In other words, do something. Whatever you're doing is not working. If whatever you're doing is not working, do something different. Right? I don't care who's in or ain't, but do something different. <laughs> so the bottom line this morning is you can live a victorious life. You can live a victorious life. I, you know, God proves that to me over and over and over and over again. A lot of times when I step up here, I realize what the enemy tried to do to me before I ever got here. Tried to stop me from doing it. But you know what? He can't. And he ain't. Excuse my English, but he ain't going to do it. Listen, guys. enemy can't take what I have because I belong to him. He can't change who I am because I belong to him. Amen? How many of you believe that? Let's stand this morning. How many of you believe that this morning? Hallelujah. Father God, <laughs> I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for your truth. And I thank you, Lord, that we can walk in your truth and in your word if we just will. The enemy can't do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that everybody within the sound of my voice would hear the Word of God speaking and that they would get up off of wherever they're at and they would begin to say, Lord, I can do it. I can live that victorious life. Satan, you can't take what I have. You can't change who I am. God has made me that. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of me. The Word of God is on the inside of me. I'm changing the way I think. I'm thinking like what God's Word says, and I'm walking forward, and I'm going to live in victory whether you like it or not. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everybody, with your eyes closed, your head bowed, I, I want to ask you a question. How many of you will say this morning, you know what? I want to live victorious life. I want to change some of the things I'm doing so that I can walk in that more than I ever have. Father, I thank you for those who've raised their hands and those who are standing in this place. And I thank you, God, that they can walk victoriously this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.
Father, I thank you for your word and your truth. And I thank you, God, that today, thank you, Lord. You know, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father. You know, I want to say this. Seems like a lot of times people would rather hear a sermon about how horrible things are than how what the truth says and how they can be walking in victory in Jesus Christ. Some people would rather hear that. And I don't know why, but some people would. But I want to tell you this morning, we can walk in victory. Amen? You know, you ought to take this this week and chew over it and over it. You can go online and get it. You can get my notes out there. You can download them through the QR code, however you want to do it. Or hopefully you took some notes this morning, whatever. But we're going to walk in victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, I want to say that Fellowship is a big part of it, just as I said. We come together and we fellowship and we 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 on each we, we just exude exhume not exhume. Well the word of God it gets exhumed out of us on to other people, but we need to just throw out what we have and let's encourage each other. You know, the next time you walk in this building, I want you to walk when they walk in are you walking in victory? Let's pray about it. Let's believe today. So, Father, we thank you this morning. I was, I, we thank you for your word. And I want to tell everybody this morning, I want you to walk out. The sun is shining. It's a great day. Let's walk out and let's stomp those circumstances. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. great day in the Lord. We're so glad you were here with us. We wanted to stop for a moment and let you know about some of the things that are coming up. This Wednesday night, we have adult discipleship and youth discipleship. So be here at 630 for those wonderful times in the word. And then this Saturday from 2 to 6 p.m., the youth are having a glow party. We're having a get together for our youth to come together in fellowship and fun and just have a great time in the name of the Lord. And then, of course, we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. If you're wanting to participate in Operation Christmas Child beyond the collections here at Image Church, please see Marianne. She's signed up for some dates to go and actually work at the facilities there. We look forward to serving in this season. We look forward to fellowship in this season. So make sure you go to imagechurch.us and events to see all the things that are coming up here in the fall and winter at Image Church. Have a blessed day.